Hello and welcome to another episode of this Super Top podcast. I'm Oshin, recording in Tiernanog in County Westmeath of Ireland. And I'm Podrick, recording from Vancouver. This podcast is brought to you by Steam Clock and uh, George Calendar. Hi, Podrick, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good. So Tiernanog. Yeah, my parents named the house uh, after, but the mythical land of my origin. <laughs> You'll have to tell your origin story at some point. Oh, yeah, I'll need to read up on it a little bit more. <laughs> okay. Um, so, Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks. We haven't actually spoken for a while until about 20 minutes ago when we started preparing for this episode. Yeah. No, it's been ages. Um, did you get any cool presents from Christmas? <laughs> I got lots of socks. Lots and lots of socks. <laughs> Was that because you posted a photo like a few months ago? of a pair of socks with lots of holes in it yeah i think it might have even been three pairs of socks my my entire like sock collection had just had uh it had seen better days so that has all been discarded now and i have more socks than any man really deserves (laughs) it's just another another step in the luxurious life of the indie app developer Mm. i have so many socks i think i'm gonna have to put half of them in storage because i can't carry them everywhere i go what about you? <laughs> I got something cool. Um, it says they should probably be sponsoring us, I just realized, but it's from Fracture. Okay. Do you know who it's from? I think it's from you. It might be. Okay. <laughs> I haven't opened it yet, so I'm going to open it live. Live unboxing. So the next 20 minutes are going to be me struggling with the package here. Um, okay, here we go. Okay, it's kind of stuck in the box. <laughs> okay. Careful. I've got to level two of the... Oh, sweet. <laughs> nice. What <Cool>. is it? <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is. Um, I suppose I should tell our listeners. Uh, it is a fracture, which is a... like. I don't remember their ads exactly. So I'm not like sure. It's a picture it's a printed picture on glass. Printed on some glass of the Castro One logo. It's awesome. Or the the icon for the for Castro One. That's cool. Thanks so much. Yeah, cool. I'm glad you like it. I figured because we had talked. I mean, it's only a, it's just the icon, I guess. But we had talked before about maybe doing something to have like some like physical artifact of this past app that has now entered the oblivion. Um, so you have the icon, at least. You can ha- have it hanging around near your desk or whatever. Yeah, that's deadly. I'm going to hang that up after the podcast. I won't do that live. I'm going to get... I'll get I'll get one for myself as well one day whenever I have a permanent abode. Yeah, well, one thing at a time. A pair of socks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I actually did get more than pairs of socks for Christmas, but I was... Clearly, I was just, like, very excited about the socks, so I mentioned them first, but... Um, oh, I have this really nice new pair of, uh, what, Bose... At QC Quiet Comfort, I think that stands for. Yeah. Thirty-five no- noise cancelling headphones. You you because rec- you have the twenty-five, right? QC twenty-five. Yeah, I'm I'm wearing them right now. Yeah, this is yeah. I'm wearing the thirty-fives, so that's pretty nice. I love them for flights, but I, mine has a wire. I think yours is better. <laughs> oh well, clearly, I found it re- like I think I had tried yours in Vancouver at one stage. Um, even just briefly, like um, when we were working from your shared office space, mm-hmm. and they just seemed comfortable and cool. But when I first tried these things on on Christmas Day, I got a really 
strange sensation from wearing them. Like when I turned on the noise cancelling, I wasn't listening to any music or any podcast or whatever. It was just cancelling out the noise from the room around me. But it made me feel like a little bit queasy or like just weird kind of pressure on my head. Um, did you, it seems fine now. When I put them on today, I didn't notice it at all. But that was like my first impression on Christmas Day. Um, and I wasn't sure, is it just that I had to get used to it or if it was always going to be like that. Did you ever have a feeling like that at the start? Or? Yeah, I think I noticed it more. I, I use these generally for on planes because it blocks out all the, the engine noise, or not all of it, but like a considerable amount of the noise. And then it just feels like you're feels like you're on a bus instead of a plane and you can fall asleep. Um, but yeah, I totally know what you mean. Like that, there's just a slight feeling of, yeah, queasiness. Like it kind of reminded me slightly of being on a plane without being on a plane. <laughs> Uh, like just like it felt again it was a kind of a strange sensation because I know that it's happening just by the earphones playing audio essentially and it was like kind of surprised that audio of a certain uh, frequency or whatever could make me feel this way (laughs) yeah Um, no I was just going to say like yeah because you had said you really liked them for planes and they're quite expensive like they're beyond I think what I would normally have been decided to like spend but like it was christmas and my dad asked me if there was anything i wanted and i decided okay yeah let's like go for i guess it seems like kind of a a luxury splurge for me they're like over 300 euros or something but um i figured christmas was a good time to get something that i wouldn't normally spend my own money on so yeah definitely and they're probably horrible to wear when you're recording a podcast because i'm completely unaware of any like noise around me now that is being picked up by my microphone, but they're the best earphones I have. So this is what's happening. We're, when we were in the other, I was I, sorry, I was in an, another room of this house when we were like chatting just before we started recording. Um, and then before we started officially recording, I was about to move all the stuff over to another room where I thought it would be, where I knew it would be quieter. Um, and as soon as I took off the <laughs> noise cancelling headphones, I don't know if you could hear this all the way through, but as soon as I took off the noise cancelling headphones, I just heard my dad snoring away on the couch, <laughs> <and> I mean, <laughs> which I, I hadn't I hadn't noticed that at all <laughs> until I took them off. <laughs> I remember we were interviewed by Mike Hurley for uh, one of his podcasts, and I was chatting away, just talking about something very important to me. And then after I'd finished like a 20 minute rant about something, uh, Mike or you pointed out that there was like a pneumatic drill or something going on outside. And there was like outside my window that I was just completely unaware of. (laughs) Not that it had blocked it out completely, but enough that it didn't enter my awareness. So yeah, they're probably not a good idea for what we're doing right now, but, but I love them on planes. Like it's, um, it, it's like flying on a plane is normally really uncomfortable, horrible experience and they make it a little bit better without like I don't have to pay to be in first class or whatever each time I can just do that and then disappear into my bubble. Yeah, I'm going to book a plane ticket soon just to try these guys out. That's not the only wireless thing. Yeah, you you mentioned you got something else. Yeah, no, I've actually gone like, yeah, well, it was kind of a pre-Christmas present to myself. When the AirPods were announced, I was like, okay, just hopped right on it and managed to, yeah, I got the AirPods delivered a few days before Christmas. So I'm like completely, gone completely wireless now on the headphones at least. Um, the AirPods are really, I'm really impressed with them. They're really sweet. Hmm. That's cool. Um, there are a lot of ways they could be not good, right? Like like a lot of little things they could have got wrong. What? Yeah, what concerns... Because you haven't, what concerns would you ha- do you have about them, or did you have before they came out? Um, well, one thing I 
didn't see many people talking about was uh, it's not a huge thing for me either but like if you're using the microphone on them it seems like that would just have to be worse than the wired one because the wired one is close to you you've have you done a few calls with them or yeah i've had i not very long calls but yeah i've had a few phone calls with them oh yeah there, there was a weird issue actually when i was having like a it wasn't a phone call it was like a facebook messenger video chat and they did keep they seem to like unpair every like five or ten minutes but like just for a split second and then pair straight back up again so i'm not sure if that's down to them or down to like facebook messenger doing weird things or what exactly was the cause of that but oh interesting um the audio i didn't have any reports from anybody else that the audio quality wasn't good um they have yeah because i think they because they have microphones on the bottom of both of the headphones right beam for forming microphones or we're not exactly sure what that means but yeah that's the yeah i guess they have two microphones and maybe they can do magic things with them the old ear pods when um when I used to wear wear them, and I think I recorded the first episode. First episode of this podcast was recorded with me wearing those ones, and I remember listening back to it later and wondering, "What is that noise? What's that noise?" And then I was like, "Oh, that's like my beard rustling against the microphone the whole time." <laughs> yeah, maybe it sounds like I'm just like shouting through, like from the other side of like a like a, the woods or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I wonder for the for the, your beard forming microphones if. I <laughs> just wanted to get that in there somehow. Just just so that we can call the episode Beard Forming. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. That's that that's like the episode title nailed in record time. Um so the other thing that I haven't I haven't really read any in-depth reviews because I'm not thinking about buying them anytime soon. I think I'm gonna like mm-hmm. buy an iPhone 8 and buy them and convert everything that day. Um but the I thing I wonder about is the remote control, because I use that a lot. Yeah, it's kind of annoying not to have, like, like not being able to fast forward and whatever, that kind of stuff, like, end up taking my phone out, like, a lot more to do that kind of stuff, or else, uh, God forbid, listening to ads. <laughs> well, I guess we'll get into the ads later, and I hopefully everybody's listening on AirPods and doesn't fast forward. Yeah, so there's only one gesture you can do on them, which is the double tap gesture. Um, by default, I think it's set to do Siri, and the only other thing you can do is play pause which I don't really want to have Siri available that much. So I set it to be the play pause. Um, I find it really hard to do that gesture reliably. Like like I tap them and then sometimes it registers and sometimes it doesn't. And the thing is because just like the Bluetooth lag, like it takes a, it's probably, okay, I was about to say seconds, but obviously it's not seconds, but it takes, there's long enough of a delay uh, before you know that okay that paused or that started playing again that like even when you i've done a successful double tap i i'm second guessing myself so that gets a bit that gets a bit annoying oh does a single tap do anything no single tap i guess it's for reasons of like it would be too easy to do it accidentally but yeah single tap doesn't do anything just double tap and if you take the mouse they yeah i I guess i shouldn't just go through all the basics just because i haven't read anything (laughs) Yeah, yeah. If you take one out, it pauses, and then if you put it back in, it'll continue. That's pretty yeah. nice. Like I didn't know that before you said it, but like that is that is really nice. No, that's that's cool when it works. The would like the one. I feel like these are only really small nitpicks, nitpicks I have with them, but um, I overall I do like think they're pretty fantastic. But what happens sometimes is I take one out to pause it, and then I'm doing something else. So 
like I just hold the AirPod in my hand because I know I'm going to put it back in in a few seconds. But whatever way I hold it in my hand or I close my fingers over it or something, it's like, oh, hey, I'm back in an ear. Oh, okay. Then the audio starts playing again. And yeah, so then that gets a little bit awkward. Or it's like I'm at a cash register and then all of a sudden uh, John Gruber is talking in my ear again or whatever when I didn't expect it. You probably have very ear-like hands, though. Might just be you. Yeah, people have always said that, actually. And the battery thing doesn't, because I, I wondered with the whole, like, the case having its own battery and then the earpods having their batteries, if you'd still end up running out unexpectedly. No, I haven't. I haven't yet. There's, there have been a couple of times when they got down low, but then you pop them in the case and they're charged again, like, within 15 minutes. You can then get another few hours. Okay. Battery life is excellent on them. Oh, that's cool. And do you just plug in the case every night or how do you make sure that's charged? Not even every night, just every once in a while I check. It's like, I don't have, have to check. Like, I think it's on a full charge. The case should be good for like 24 hours of listening. Now, I do listen to a lot of podcasts, but may, like 24 hours gets me through more than a day anyhow. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've only charged it like two or three times, I think, since I got them, like, which was maybe about 10 days ago, more or less. Okay, that's pretty good. Um, and have you been, last question, have you been tempted to start wearing your watch again so you'd have the remote control? Because that's obviously where they want you to go, right? Huh. Yeah, yeah. That's actually, I haven't gone that far, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> might, it might be a good idea. Um, I'd be tempted to, yeah. I've been wearing my watch, I think, every day for probably the last six months, maybe. And then yesterday I forgot to put it on. And then today I didn't want to put it on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when habits get broken yeah it's just it's funny how like one day goes by without it and then i'm like uh eh, it's not i do i like it but it's not it's just such a fragile like if i i still think if i lost it i wouldn't replace it anytime soon if you, yeah, i guess that would be the, maybe the next thing that will get me to wear the watch again someday um i would like to have more controls like one t- thought i had that occurred to me at one stage like i i took out the headphones and put them in um, and then I was still holding the case in my hand and I was like, oh, I wish there was just a button on the top of this case that I could press to like be the play pause or even the case is always in my pocket. I was like, oh, even if there was just extra like physical controls on the case itself that could just send those gestures, hmm. because I guess like having buttons or any kind of swipeable area or like ex- like extra stuff on the ear, but ear. I was about to say earbuds, but AirPods, whatever you want to call them, it, on the earpieces themselves. Anyhow, um, like they're so small. Like I think it's quite remarkable, like th- how much is going on in like this thing that's like just barely bigger than just the stem is a bit bigger than like the regular AirPods. Hmm. Um, and I think like also getting buttons or some sort of a swipe area on that just wouldn't really have been feasible at the, at the moment. Anyhow, but I guess we'll see how they evolve over time. So last episode, we were pretty doomy to the extent that I think we called the episode doom. But December's turned out to be amazing in the end. Yeah, it feels like that's only like two weeks or maybe even slightly. I'm not sure when we were. It's like when this episode comes out, it will have been two weeks since we released the last episode anyhow. And yeah, we were quite doomy then. And it's yeah, things have kind of turned around quite a lot in a couple of weeks. It's been quite interesting (laughs) turn of events. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, last time we thought we needed to do something that would get us a new revenue stream by March because our spreadsheet was predicting that's when we'd stop being able to pay ourselves. And now we're at a point where 
like based on the same prediction, um, we could get to June. Um, so we kind of we'd started looking into contract work, and we got a few leads on it. And I still wonder if like having started that and have a connection now, like should we just do it and have the money in the bank, or should we decide? Okay, we made enough over Christmas, so let's just keep going on our own stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm a little bit torn on it at the moment. It's like. It did because it did start feeling like it made so much sense for us to do that, and then like have like the extra breeding room, and that might still be good. I mean, December has been amazing, but we can talk a bit more about this a little bit later. But like, I always have had like the, even like through like the really good times of the last couple of weeks, I always have in the back of my mind like, okay, when is this going to stop? Like, it feels like it has to stop sometime. So it's like, I yeah, I wonder if like, well, either maybe I'm wrong. And it doesn't have to stop, but like, well, I think that we know I, we know a few causes of why the last two weeks were so good. It's not like they're all super repeatable. <laughs> no, no, yeah, this cycle is going to end for sure, and it probably has ended today. I think the question is whether we can next time we feel like things have been going badly for a few weeks in a row. Is there something we can do then to cause the same, like to bring us back up again? With the contract work, I still partially think because we have it lined up and it seems like it's going to work for the people we've talked to, like maybe do it anyway and then know that we're safe for the rest of next year and then we can just plow into something longer term when we come back. Yeah, it's been like really cool to see like oh, like each day, like, well, I've been updating the, like the spreadsheet a bit more often since sales have been so good and it makes me more um inclined to like check it and update our various bits and pieces um so it has been cool to like see the projections extend out and out like like the idea that like over the course of like a few days like these projections can keep going out by but like first by a month and then two months and now it's like an extra three months basically but yeah if we like we could do contract work for two months and basically just push that out yeah definitely to the end of next year or even like slightly more probably yeah, I guess we'll have to. We'll have to we're probably not going to answer that question right now. Yeah, we won't figure it out right now, but we need to. Yeah, I think we still have some conversations to have with people and stuff, and and with ourselves, and like figure out maybe what's going to be the best way for us to for us to use our our time at the in the f- oh, first few months of next year. It's going to be really nice to be able to have those conversations from a position of it being optional. Yeah, no, that's that feels good. Um, the other thing about December being so good and is that like I do feel like it's not gonna like January it's not gonna just like stay now at this level. It has been nice to see it like kind of sustain itself uh like a bit longer than some of our normal spikes, mostly because there's been more than one spike in there, so there's been like a few causes have come together and like made a whole month rather than like making a few days at the start and then winding down um it's like a few things have aligned and yeah it's like we had like a few different spikes that as one was winding down another one came along and it felt pretty good yeah so let's go through what actually happened um i think on okay, i don't have the exact dates but all of this happened within the last two weeks the first thing that happened was um kit eaton in the new york times wrote uh best apps of 2016 post or article i guess they're called in a newspaper i think there were maybe six apps in it and castro was one of them that was amazing. Like just from a, not even the, we started talking about this as the sales thing, but it's so nice for a bunch of reasons. One is 
we're now reaching people who read the New York Times versus people who read like our blog or our Twitter or tech people. And you can even see it in like some of the support emails. They're much more like, how do I import my podcasts? Like, how do I do something that you can definitely do versus people who have their own feature ideas or think we should have done something differently or whatever. Mm -hmm. The tone of it is a bit different. You've clearly been doing a better job of keeping an eye on support over the holidays than me. <laughs> I've looked at it. I have not answered a lot of it. <laughs> but let's not go down that just yet. Um, so yeah, really nice from that point of view of like reaching a different market that's been, I think that's, that's been out of our grasp since the start. And then personally at Christmas, Emily and Ida and I went to Emily's dad's place. So there were a bunch of different people over, friends of Emily's dad mainly. Um, and they all knew that my app had been in the New York Times and it was like a cool thing to be able to talk about without like getting lost in technical details or whatever. So it was like a nice personal achievement, I guess. Yeah, no, it's it's nice. And it's really like, yeah, I think as the year was winding up and we like, I guess it's inevitable. There's like different people write these posts about like the best apps that have come out this year. Um, and yeah, it's nice to get included in well, at least the New York Times, and we, there was another one from China that we saw as well. Yeah, it feels good. It feels like a nice kind of way to wrap up the year at the end when we get included in some of those things. Yeah, so so that was a spike that was like maybe double or triple the previous day's income. I think it was five times the previous day's. Oh, is it? Okay, five times. And then there was a mystery spike a few days later, which I'm starting to think was just the New York Times thing getting shared in some different venue or something. Like maybe they sh featured it in their app or... Because we have no idea. Oh, this is like, I could segue into a four-hour rant about app analytics being shit. But <laughs> Yeah, but the whole, even the New York Times initially, did, you, okay, maybe that whole thing was the New York Times. But even, like initially, we hadn't seen the New York Times article the day it first came out, right? Uh, I checked the sales the next day. And I didn't even check the sales until quite late in the day because um, I just, they had been quite predictable like for the past while and so at some stage later on in the day I was like oh I may as well check yesterday's sales and I checked them and I think they had were like five times higher than the day before and I was like what on earth is going on and I sent you a message I said have you seen yesterday's sales and you're like no no I try not to look at them. I try not to look at them too quickly too often <laughs> uh is it bad I'm like nope it's very good hmm. uh but then it took us a while to track down that that was the the New York Times. Yeah. And then when the next spike happened, I think five days later, and I think it ended up being like twice as high even as that day. Yeah, we have not found as like a good explanation for that spike yet. So iTunes Connect has an app analytics section which tells you if somebody followed a link on the internet to go to the app store and then bought your app, they'll tell you the domain name that they came from, not like the full URL so you can't actually find the article. So like google.com is one of those things. You know that one page on Google? Yeah, I love that page. Yeah, it's really good. It has Castro on it sometimes, I guess. I don't understand how they, what the criteria is for them to actually measure it, but it seems like they're not measuring like 80% of the clicks that, that go through that way. It, it tracks impressions as well, so it should be everyone who clicked the link. But uh, just based on the amounts reported, there's no way that they're tracking even half of them. So I, I don't trust the numbers there at all. I trust them relative to each other. Like I think the New York Times was bigger than something else in the list. And so, yeah, I believe that that's the case, but it's like they're missing. Like maybe they only track it on iOS 
and not the Mac or vice versa. Or, But yeah, it's really hard to tell what the deal is with them. And yeah, not having the actual referrer, like not knowing what article it comes from. And so I, we, I really wanted to just use Apple's analytics and never have any third-party analytics in our app and never have in Castro too. But this kind of thing, like this makes me want to go and find, I think Firebase is Google's one or Twitter has one that's totally free and gives you good analytics and I think can track things far better than Apple is giving us. Like can track previous like referrals and stuff like that? Yeah, because Google ties it in with AdWords. So they want to know, like you put something in the app. Yeah, I don't know how it works exactly, but you have to include their SDK in the app and then they're able to track whether the, if you buy a Google ad and someone clicks it and buys the app, they're able to know that that came through Google somehow. So I presume they can also tell what link they followed to get there. So yeah, it's kind of disappointing that the data is so limited and so untrustworthy kind of drives us towards that because without knowing what things are making sales work for us, we can't really run a business very well. It's hard to know how to repeat them or even or like what to do to try and help them get repeated in the future. Well, or like which things are effective, like Mac Stories has been, I've been able to see in those, in the basic data we have over like the last six months, Mac Stories has been a good has been good for us. I think I think what happens is people hear about Castro and then they Google for a review and the Mac Stories one is one that comes up and then they follow through there. And it's it's good to un, it's cool to know that that's the process some people are following. Also it helps us know that like some blogs are better than others and we should pay more attention to to like make sure we get any of their journalists on the beta versus, you know, some random YouTuber who wants a free promo code. I mean, I guess the main thing which you said covered is that like like the percent, like the percentage of installations that we have data for in the analytics is tiny, right? Like it's yeah, that's the best way. That's a good way to put like it. It's less than five percent of the installs, I think. Like as in, like we see this huge bump, and then we go check analytics, and it says like, oh well, you got like thirty installs from people clicking the New York Times, and it's like, well, no, that doesn't make sense. Like obviously, we had to get a lot more than thirty installs. Like yeah. there's. There's no other, like, we know it has to be the New York Times, and you're saying 30 people installed it from the New York Times, but that doesn't make any sense. Um, or even, so then the next spike, which we can talk about a little bit more, was, like, the App Santa promotion. But even the day before yesterday, which is, like, the 28, under 27th or something. Yeah. I checked the analytics. Um, but it was giving, it seemed to be clearly to me that we had gotten, like, another big spike from when... John Gruber linked to App Santa from Darren Fireball because that happened. And then, yeah, there was a big pickup in sales. Um, but when I checked the analytics for that day, like analytics was basically saying, giving the same amount of installs came that day from App Santa as came from that New York Times article, which was at that stage about 10 days old. Um, so I'm not even sure if I believe that they are relatively correct yeah maybe maybe they're not even that yeah but the i'm glad we did the app santa thing it's been it's been a tradition for us to be on it i guess yeah yeah we were on it a couple of years ago uh we weren't able to do it last year because all our apps were free because we're big into business <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no it was cool to be back um so app santa is a basically promotion of indie apps by indie developers um award-winning apps by indie developers we a bunch of us get together 
put our apps on sale at the same time and there's this one central website appsanta.co that lists all this all the apps that are on sale the idea being i guess to like cross promote between indie developers so that like each of us can i guess drive out like drive a bigger audience there by banding together instead of always just like being on our own i guess yeah which is a i think it's a really good idea so yeah that started on the 22nd of december i think and it's hard to tell from the analytics it seemed to be maybe like because there was so much not from the analytics i mean even from the sales reports because there was like so much we were still like kind of coming down from the previous two spikes um sales did go up the day that AppSanta launched but uh, it wasn't by a, a huge amount um and it, but it wasn't clear like okay what would they have been without AppSanta that day for example but it was on the 26th of December uh John Gruber linked to AppSanta and I think that's what really where the like the strength of AppSanta comes from is the, is for the media coverage that it can garnish by there being is garnish a word <laughs> that it can <laughs> sure <laughs> for the media coverage that it can get I'll try that one um, because just like so many apps there um, so yeah Gruber linked to it from there in Fireball um, our sale had actually ended <laughs> at that time because there was a mix up with when the promo promotions were supposed to end um so ours had ended on the 26th but once we saw that uh, john gruber had linked to it we turned our sale back on um and it was a huge big spike that day yeah like more than more than all the previous days of AppSanta put together probably right uh yeah possibly so yeah it's it's kind of interesting like i kind of wonder if like it seems to be most of the same apps on AppSanta each year and yeah it hasn't hasn't changed very much in the last few years i think yeah they've had a lot of the same graphics and stuff yeah I, w- I wonder if it'll need to change a bit more to to stay relevant next year i think it's definitely good to have some kind of promotion like around christmas time together i mean it definitely worked for us and i think it's worked for other people in for absenta in the past that's why they we keep doing it again and again um but yeah i think it might be good to try and bring some like some new ideas to like what's the best way to to deal with that next year like just to keep it newsworthy yeah and make sure that like we keep getting links like that from from gruber and from further afield because these are these are the kinds of things we can actually have some control over like i don't think we're ever going to be at a point where we can phone up the new york times and be like okay we'll let you do an article about us (laughs) Um, but like we can certainly run promotions like this so it makes me wonder if we should try to think of more seasonal things like maybe not four times a year but Maybe this is a thing you can tie podcasts to, like the start of winter or going back to school. Valentine's Day specials. Listen to podcasts with your special partner. <laughs> or if you don't have one, sit at home listening to podcasts. <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, you see that a lot of like businesses trying to tie their completely unrelated thing to whatever seasonal celebration is going on. So I, I wonder if there's something in there. But anyway, yeah, th- so December was three big spikes in sales and an overall great level of sales even in between the spikes. So like I keep expect I keep having this feeling in my head like I okay, like I I've enjoyed like it's been a really nice feeling you know for like it to be going be- going really well this month. But I keep having like this kind of anxious feeling <laughs> of like just waiting for it to end. Like I Do you mean like 
waiting for this run to end or waiting for like yeah like just constantly checking the charts for example to think like okay well like like is this the last day like it, it is tomorrow now is it going to be back where we were but not just like a it's kind of overpowered me a little bit like i've checked i've ne- like i've checked it i just keep checking the charts all the time like more than it makes any sense or it, it's not productive anymore or it's not teaching me anything it's just like something new for me to worry about too much um is it like getting faves on twitter um i don't know i don't even know i've definitely been checking the charts more since then because i got this line in my head that i like saying to people which is like castro is currently the top like it's the top grossing app or the top selling app in in the world (laughs) well in the u.s but it's probably the podcast app that's making the most money um, which is not um, the normal state of affairs for us. Like, I think Pocket Cast or Overcast or Downcast are usually making more than us, but um, it's pretty, feels like a real achievement in my head, at least. <laughs> no one no one that I say it to seems that impressed. They're much more impressed by the New York Times article. But. but, but I mean, one thing that is good about that is to see, like, that, okay, even if we can't manage to, like, always stay being, for example, the top gross in podcast app, like, we see we've seen what it's like when it is like that like we know that if we could get there more consistently like we have like we do have a business here that could work for us yeah that's such a great point because everyone like if we go out of business and write our stupid numbers post and say oh no it all didn't work out everyone will say well you should know better than to try and make an ios app but this we've seen that like there are maybe two or three slots at the top ranking and those all make enough money so yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, this could work for us, and then it's a question of our like, yeah, what, how, how can we, what can we do to make it work? Like, it is definitely possible, uh, and maybe that's where some of the anxiety comes from because it's like, just this sense of feeling like, okay, yeah, like now it's like at this, not even just like sustainable level, but like say if, it, like if every month was like December, it wouldn't just be sustainable. I would, it, I would just be like over the moon with like how well it was going, and. I don't know why I can't like just relax and enjoy that and be like, okay, this like just take, I guess I need to find a way to like just take the positives from that. And I guess learn the lessons uh, um, and like be able to deal with it well when it like settles back down to wherever it does. And hopefully it doesn't just have to go back to, okay, now that great December ended and now it's exactly where it was before. Like maybe it can, even the baseline can, potentially be higher because like more people discovered it over Christmas and word of mouth for example could be stronger in January um so I'm not sure like there's no I don't think it's inevitable that it has to just go back to exactly where it was before but I do keep worrying about that like I it affects my sleep even um like I like I wake up in the middle of night and uh, like the first thought is oh I wonder I wonder what time it is because like maybe the, maybe the sales reports are out for yesterday and I can check and see how it went. Uh, and like I have all these like uh, quasi-scientific, like just all these ideas in my head of like how, how I can estimate maybe how yesterday was going to have been based on chart position and or looking at like user account creations on the server, like different things like that. And I come up with this number in my head where I'm like, okay, I think this is what it's going to be. Um, and then like the sales reports are like accessible, I think 
they don't officially come out until later, but in iTunes Connect, you can go in and if you manually change the date, like you don't just look at the chart that iTunes Connect shows you initially, you change the date to include the day before. At a certain point, usually pretty early, like even, I think the like in the US, like sales, the official end of the sales day, I think is midnight Eastern time is what I've like devised from like my, the past couple of weeks of like like looking at these things. And then often like within the next hour, so by like 1 a.m. Eastern time, um, which is 6 a.m. in Ireland where I am at the moment, um, you can adjust the date in iTunes and get a figure that has a asterisk, asterisk next to it. And it says like this is may not be the actual final figure but it usually is the final figure like when it when it officially comes out later that's what it is um so that's a tip for anybody on the west coast at least who like you can even by like 10 p.m pacific time you can usually go into itunes connect um and get have a good idea of what your sales were for that day so that if if there's anybody out there who who wants to share your will sleep who who will sleep better knowing that because I, what I would do is like just, yeah, I'd wake up at some stage in the middle of the night and I'd be like, oh, I wonder, is it like I check the time? Is it five yet? Is it six yet? Um, and then go on my phone and do that. And it's like slightly obsessive. Um, and it's like, I guess one of the problems with that is, OK, first of all, I'm not like it affects my sleep. But also it's like it's way down in the like in the minutia of it. Like it's like I don't think like the big idea, the big I should be finding a way to like focus more like on the bigger picture and not on like one individual day's sales, like getting like obsessive about, okay, well, what was yesterday? And then the next day, okay, what was the day before? And it's like, yeah, it's, it's not a good, it's not, it's not healthy. <laughs> one thing I kind of realized that's interesting is like the feedback from doing the actual work is so separate from like, so, so much later than when you do the work that it's hard to know. Like, I don't feel like we made these sales because we made a good app, even though like we, we like it's, a, it is connected. Like the New York, the guy in the New York times wouldn't have written that article if the app was crappy. Yeah. And the New York times article referenced some stuff that like even stuff that we had done in the updates, like the iMessage stuff or whatever. Yeah. Um, like the work does lead to it, but I totally get that where it's like, yeah, because this, this other thought that I had, especially around the times when we didn't, when we were like, we don't even know for sure why this spike is happening, is this feeling of, okay, we were so focused on, we have to do 2.1 and then see if we get like a boost from that coming out. And then the same with 2.2 and like focusing on those release days and the features and getting some press coverage of like immediate press coverage of the update when it comes out to like see what kind of a spike we can get and if we can boost the base level that way. Um, and we did that, and that seemed to, those updates had their effect. But then even when the 2.2 was in the um, leveling out a bit afterwards and we were at the point where we were podcasting about Doom in the last episode, then all of a sudden like these all this other stuff comes along that is not in any way related to, or at least seems like it's not immediately related to like, the work you've done on those updates yeah because you do that's what feels like the hard work and then the marketing stuff feels like the busy work or something and then when you don't get yeah just i think if we were getting feedback like if the success was happening the day you released 
the update, then it would be really reinforcing and I'd be really motivated to like, okay, cool. The next update, I, I really want to work on it versus thinking like, does it even matter? Like, <laughs> like have we made, is 99% of the app done and all the work we're doing like irrelevant? <laughs> Maybe we need to start like inviting media people to like off the record summits on Salt Spring Island or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my my father-in-law has a very nice bed and breakfast on Salt Spring Island. <laughs> He's not one of the sponsors, though, so I'm not going to tell you all about it. Um, we should do an ad. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know Alan Pike? I do. So we've mentioned him a bunch of times on our podcasts as someone that we, like, show a prototype to, and then he gives us some feedback that's usually not what we want to hear at the time, but often turns out to be right. It's always right. Yeah, I know. Well, I don't, I don't want to say it. He might listen, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, so Alan got in touch and he wants to sponsor the podcast so I'm going to read out a few things about Steam Clock which is a company based in Vancouver that designs and develops quality apps for iOS and Android um, they have a few of their own products in the store that are pretty successful like Wedding DJ and Party Monster which are for queuing up mus a music playlist as a DJ or if you're doing a wedding the wedding one is really focused towards uh, managing that whole process um, and they use they use the things they learn from doing those products to help make better products for their clients, which seems like a really cool system of making sure you're actually making good stuff. Steamplug's work focuses on quality, polish, and user experience. They also do training in Swift and other app development topics. A lot of Steamplug's clients are tech businesses that care about user experience, but whose strength isn't mobile, so they can fill in that gap for you. Yeah, so if somebody needs an app built and they want it done right, they should get in touch with Steamplug. I don't know if Al will want me to say this, but if Steamplock, sorry, if Supertop ever ends, I like Alan Pike will be the first person I email to desperately try to get a job. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if he wants wants that associated with him, but it seems like a great place to work, and they're doing cool work. So thanks for sponsoring us. Yeah, and one thing's for sure is any future designs or any future products we're working on, we'll also we'll definitely be trying to run those by Alan to to get his insight on things yeah and possibly listen to him before six months go by <laughs> yeah yeah we've we've learned our lesson Alan we'll listen to you next time <laughs> um so in preparation for doing some contract work ourselves I started messing around with Swift a bit more I've dived into it a few times but this time I had a more of an objective so how's it been going uh good I think the first time I tried to do it was a few months back um, I think we had talked about art projects on our podcast um, and I had one in mind that I was trying to make that was like this, just an, I was just trying to explore and do something cool for myself in my free time. And I ended up getting really frustrated with it because I decided to do, do it in Swift as well. And what happened to me is that I, I was trying to make something new and like try out an idea and see how it felt. And then I was getting really slowed down by the fact that I didn't already know the programming language I was using. Mm. So that was, I think there's maybe an interesting point there about like, don't try to learn Swift by starting a brand new project where you don't know anything about it, if you can, because then you're trying to do all of the difficult things to come with an app as well as learn a new language. But this time I decided to rewrite a bus times app that I made years ago um, that is still 32 bits. So it gives terrible warnings when you start it up. And so Buscoover. Buscoover. Um, so if you live in Vancouver and you want a bus times app that'll work perfectly on an iPhone 5 size screen. You should grab Buscoover. What a great name for an app. Yeah, no. It was initially called Nextbus, which is a trademark of a bus company here. 
which I didn't know. So they tried to sue me for a while. But anyway, <laughs> uh, it's now called Buscoover. <laughs> so yeah, it was really nice to just have a small app to be doing a rewrite on and to like resist the temptation to redesign parts of it, even though I kind of want to. But yeah, so I, as I was picking it up, I had all these complaints about Swift along the way because I think anytime you're learning something new or anytime I'm learning something new, especially these days, I just get all these grumpy things to try and get out of it. Like I want to complain about it instead. So maybe I should go through a few of them. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, no, one thought like, so yeah, I haven't looked into, gotten properly into looking at Swift yet, but I guess that's one argument I think maybe in favor of, yeah, let's like jump in and do a couple of months of um, contract work um, just because it's like a very solid concrete thing that we ha- would have to learn Swift for. Yeah, for this particular contract, anyhow that we have in mind, um, <clears throat> so I think it would like really help like remove like the abstract like oh yeah I should learn Swift one day to like okay I really need to like get good at this in the next two months uh, to like be able to do this job properly. Yeah, it'll be a, a deadline, and and then still and then still have that like for ourselves going forward afterwards. Yeah, we'll be. Able, I think we'll be able to make a better better choices in future about how and when we adopt it once we already are more comfortable with it. But so, yeah, there are a bunch of things in it, like, um, you know, the whole business with optionals. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes a big fuss about nil um, and making just making it very explicit anytime there's a nil value that you have to deal with it a certain way. And that's that ends up being, like, one of the f- first hard things to learn is that you... Going from Cocoa, where nils just don't do anything, like they don't they don't usually cause crashes. Um, they're it just means like you can send a message to nil, it just doesn't do anything, and that's by design. That's how Cocoa is supposed to work. It's a lot of extra overhead to all of us in the start thinking about that stuff. Even though like and it's solving okay. So the real problem I have with it is it's solving a class of problems that I don't think I have. Now maybe I'm naive and I do have them, but like it's pretty rare for us to get a crash that's just like we tried to do something with nil that we couldn't. And I almost like getting those crashes because you can fix them so quickly. So yeah, maybe it's solving a problem there that isn't a problem I feel like I have. Um, Then there's all this, like initially when you're looking through the learning Swift guide, there's like these beautiful code samples that look really clear and make sense. And then when you get into it, there's all this extra notation like uh, to tell the compiler what type of data you're dealing with um, in generics or for any variable type. You have to mark a block in a special way, I think, if it's going to keep running past the end of the method. I'm sure that's all stuff I'll just internalize and I won't even notice it in a few weeks, but it feels like I'm doing a lot of work for the compiler instead of it working for me. And when I was doing the audio course a few weeks back, it was all in Python, which I haven't used for a few years, but it was so really amazingly flexible and fast to do all these really complicated things, like to get the discrete Fourier transform of an array of data. It was just like a few lines of code. It did all the work in the background of figuring out what kind of array was in it and what was in it and all that stuff. And I didn't have to care about that. All I was doing was saying, please computer, do these things for me. And the performance is shit compared to like a real compiled language. Um, So I get why it has to be different, but it was an interesting experience of like, here's what happens if you just fully are building a tool for academics or scientists who really don't they don't care so much about performance or crashes because they'll just fix them. They're only going to run the code once or twice. And just how useful a tool a computer can be when you don't have to worry about all that stuff. How are you, like, how are you learning Swift? Like, are you, like, are you just following documentation or are you, like, 
following any like a book or videos to, or anything like that or uh i i read the swift book w- right right when swift came out like the headler how to use swift that apple wrote and so i've been referring to that once in a while when i forget something and then just trying to do it basically and i'm i'm aware enough of the concepts of like what optionals are and how they work and things like map reduce or map filter which as ways of iterating through an array to change the, change the array. So there are a bunch of features like that that I'm aware exist. So when I come to a point where I want to use them, I can look them up in detail. And then I'm just like trying to build my app. So each problem I come up against, I end up Googling or referencing in the book. It's so long since I learned a new programming language um, that I, and I, I'm aware like of some of the concepts of Swift, but I still feel like for me, at least like what, like what I think I need to do uh, in the new year like is to follow maybe like follow something more structured along and like go through like lessons uh in a structured way kind of maybe like the way like when i learned objective c initially it was like from following the cs193p uh, stanford course thing online oh yeah that's i did exactly that actually i forgot <laughs> i did it right about a month after my daughter was born i was up late with her every night so i could let my wife sleep so I would just let her sleep on the sofa and I would put on one of those st- those videos until about 1 a.m. Oh, okay. So I, uh, yeah, I did, I went, that was really good too because you build a calculator app and you like you use Interface Builder with it. So like you're seeing every side of it. Oh, and then can I launch the calculator app afterwards? Because I hear PCalc is doing really well. So maybe I could uh, <laughs> get a bit of that action. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I mean, it seems how hard can it be to make a calculator app? <laughs> um, the the last complaint I have about Swift that I'll say is at WWDC when it launched and the subsequent, has it been three WWDCs, including Swift? I think so. Like every slide is covered in Swift and like everyone talks about it as if it has been the standard programming language for 10 years. And that first year, hardly any of the developers or like the Apple employees presenting their talks knew Swift and it was just seemed like a dishonest way to present it as like, oh yeah, this is here and ready and now and like just go for it, everything's perfect. When like Apple has been slow enough to adopt it, like the slide of iOS and Mac apps that use um, that are entirely built in Swift is it gets better each year, but like it's pretty sad still. But do you think they need to? Like, do, should everything be rewritten in it or probably not? It should it should definitely be a gradual process. Like, that makes perfect sense, but, like, why not present it that way then? Like, why act like... A lot of people jumped on board and got very excited about it and have had to go through a lot of difficult transitions as it's moved from one to two to three. And I'm really... Yeah, yeah. I'm quite happy we didn't jump in. Um, Like, I don't feel like we're so far behind that we can't catch up in a couple of months when the time is right. Um, And we've avoided a whole load of awkward transitions and, like, just teething problems where, like compiling a Swift app takes way, way longer or can often end up taking way, way longer than compiling an Objective-C one. Yeah, I recorded an episode of the Verbose podcast just before Christmas, I think. Um, and Carl from that show was saying that, yeah, like they're bi- like the big thing that's happened to them like in, in work is like each t- like transitioning, like so writing in Swift 2 and then like the transition to Swift 3 was like quite, like ended up causing like quite a lot of issues for him. Um, and that kind of frustrated them that they had jumped in early and it's like, oh, if we had just written this in Objective-C, I wouldn't be have to be worrying about this right now. Um, 
so it's like yeah some of those outside factors come along and can affect like when stuff changes yeah and like imagine if we had to just do six months well okay six months is an exaggeration but like as indies who are on the edge all the time like if you throw an extra few months work that doesn't achieve anything except keep your app working um that's really shit yeah, so I'm glad we haven't yet, but yeah, it is definitely start. I mean, not that we should rewrite the whole app in like the whole of Castro in it, but yeah, that's that's not happening. Like I just imagine, like it's yeah, it's getting to a point where I just imagine, like say in five years or whatever, yeah, it would be a struggle. I think if well, I guess I guess if I if Supertop ever like if I did ever have to like get a quote unquote real job, which I'm never going to do that anyway, but <laughs> if I did have to. Um, I obviously I would be at a big disadvantage not knowing Swift these days. Yeah, I think it's it's a good thing to know because uh, like programmers understand that you can pick these things up quite quickly, but like potential employers might not. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I should say a few positive things. Ah, yeah, why not? I I kind of I got over a hump with this I think like a week or two ago, um, where I was like I started into rewriting the Buscover thing and just clicked at a certain point that I just got a load of stuff done in about five minutes that I thought was going to take me hours. So there's a certain point that like, I don't know if anyone, if everyone is like this when they have to learn something new, but I stopped whining about it and all of a sudden it was like, oh, okay, I can do this thing that took me 50 lines of code in Objective-C in just like four or five here. So you can get complex things done in just a few lines of code. And that made me realize that Objective-C has a lot of the ceremony that I was complaining about um, Swift having, but we're just used to it. You could argue that having the like the density of functionality in just a few lines makes it more difficult to understand. But there's something really special about being able to just see it all in one screen, or like see a few lines together. And like it might take you a minute to understand it, but at least you don't have to scroll up and down and jump jump around too much. So there's something really nice about that. And then the code organization is just glorious. Like I hate header files; they're just in the way all the time. It's just copy and paste. Like Apple has to, like if you're shipping an API, you have to have them because that's the only documentation there is really. But like when we're just writing an app and we're the only two people who'll ever look at it, it's so, yeah, it's just like mandatory copy and paste for no reason. And then you don't have those, but you can you can group bits of related code together in what are called extensions. They almost look like they're subclasses or something, but they're not. It's just adding them to it. And it's so like your delegate methods for a table delegate, table view delegate can be all grouped together in their own thing. And they don't have to like infect the part of the class that deals with initialization. So that just feels so nice and it makes it really easy to find out where something is. Yeah, that sounds cool. It's like, a, especially because it's like this more formal thing of like formal way of organizing stuff like beyond like just trying to like insert a bunch of pragma marks everywhere and then yeah methods just end up thrown in different places anyhow so it's good to have a more formal structure around that kind of thing yeah and there, i mean i think there are loads of other benefits that have probably been explained a lot better <laughs> like the performance of the app can be a lot lot better in some cases but yeah so for learning it i would say uh it was really nice to work on there's like a json api part of the bus app i was building and it was really nice to work on that and be like almost entirely not doing Cocoa or not interacting with UI or Interface Builder just to be doing fairly pure Swift and not getting bogged down. So that was a good way to like feel like I was making progress. And then there were all these things that I'd read along the, over the last few years about functional programming and how Swift will allow that. And I think I got it in my head that like 
I needed to learn what that is and get good at that before I was allowed to do Swift. And that's complete bullshit. Like, I think you just have to dive in and then get better later. Okay, I'm going to add that to my New Year's resolutions, my New Year's resolution section down here. <laughs> Oshin, Swift. Okay. Um, I guess we'll take a moment to tell you about our next sponsor. So today's episode is sponsored by Jort Calendar. Uh, get organized and stay informed. Download Jort Calendar today. Jort is a fully customizable calendar and organizer. There's custom icons, themes, wallpapers, uh, downloadable fonts, tons of settings galore um, available to make your calendar look the way you want. So Jort works with your existing calendar, whether that's iOS, the, I, the iCloud Calendar Sync or Google Calendar. Um, it even works with Office 365 and that's a paid feature of the app. Um, or if you're just looking to start fresh with a new calendar, you can add events in the Jort Calendar app and sync them with Jort Cloud. Jort has a cool feature called Event Calendars, where you can follow calendars of interest on a variety of topics. So it could be stuff like weather forecasts, uh, even say web comics, if you wanted to pull those into your calendars, have the oatmeal coming into your calendar, um, world and local news like the New York Times or San Francisco Gate, mobile tech news, like 512 pixels, 512 pixels or Android beat. And for sports fans, uh, you can follow your favorite team. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have started laughing at Sports uh, fans? <laughs> yeah, sports fans. There, I'm sure we have some sports fans out there. So for sports fans, you follow your favorite team. So the NFL, the NBA, NHL, GAA, whatever. <laughs> um, so there are these and many more event calendars available in Jort. Um, it's really easy to add these. I mean, I've done this before with like some calendars. Like I used to have like an Irish holidays calendar that I subscribe to or when there's rugby or uh, soccer events going on, I would subscribe to event calendars so that I could like, quickly see like when there was matches on and uh, things like that. So I think it's cool that like that's integrated in here and much easier to subscribe to than because there is like a central directory inside in Jort. So you can go to the directory, search or browse for the different um, events, calendars that you're interested in um, and just subscribe to them. So Jort Calendar is available for iPhone and iPad and also for Android. Um, it's a free download. Um, there's be a link below in the show notes, so go ahead and tap that, or you can go to bitly.com forward slash Castro Calendar. Um, so use that link and try out Jort today to show your support for this Super Top podcast. Thank you, Jort, for sponsoring. Cool. Well, thanks. Thanks to. Are we saying it right? Do you think? I watched a YouTube video before to try and make sure. I forgot to ask uh, Kevin. Kevin from Jort was yeah, emailing us about this spot, and I forgot to ask him how to pronounce it. I presumed it was Horte. It is a review on YouTube that has like 10,000 views or, 11, or something like that, and that guy was calling it Jort, so I decided to go with Jort. It's good. It's good enough for me. But it's J-O-R-T-E, so you can search for that in the App Store, or else that URL one more time is bit.ly.com forward slash Castro Calendar. So it is two days until New Year's Eve. 2016 is almost done. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people on the internet are very excited about that. <laughs> yeah. Let's see if there are any more celebrities that 2016 can take out in the last two days. I read a, I read an article actually about like have more celebrities actually died in 2016 than previous years. And I think it's all 
it's a yeah i'm not sure exactly what the conclusion was but well these guys were trying to suggest that actually statistically it's been a completely normal year but um i guess it's all about like people's impressions are like i don't know yeah who i suppose it's who like matter to you and maybe our generation maybe the people that we grew up with like david bowie and leonard cohen <laughs> leonard cohen like those people when they're starting to die it means more to us than i don't know whoever was dying 10 years ago yeah, exactly. Yeah, this article started by trying to like make it all about like a statistical analysis of it, but then it was like, I don't know, what is the statistics for like how, like how relevant a particular death is to you? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, but I think yeah, it's just bundling together a bunch of bad things. Um, but yeah, so are you gonna do any New Year's resolutions? <laughs> um, I usually try to avoid them, but. It seemed like a good idea for the podcast, so I tried to think of some. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if I like the idea of calling them resolutions, but like, I think, I mean, even during this year, there have been times like, because I've been like, as we've talked about before, like I've been moving around a bit and going to different cities. And like, sometimes as I set off or like I'm on the plane going to a new city, it's not so like much about like, oh, now I'm going to have my Sarajevo resolutions or whatever, but just try to think about like, oh, like, what do I want to focus on or like what's important like for like my time that I'm going to be in the city for the next few months. So I'm kind of now thinking of like 2017 in that way of like, okay, it is a new year, I guess. And like, oh, that's a good idea. I mean, the first thing that I thought of, which is like probably the greatest, the biggest cliche ever of like what people say they're going to do as the new year's resolution but i should i should really start running again <laughs> <laughs> exercise that's unique <laughs> yeah exercise that's an or, original huh? I, but i did start running like this was on my list this was on my one of my sarajevo resolutions as well and i did start running uh there and then the it was the like the week of castro 2 launch everything was a bit crazy and i was like okay i'm just i'm gonna skip my runs this week it's fine. I'll get back to things next week. Uh, this week is like special, and I just I need to just focus on work, and I'm not gonna like go. I think I was just doing like three runs a week or whatever. Uh, but by like stopping doing them, even for that one week, I be- I never ran again after that. <laughs> yeah, I was I was talking to Ryan last year about running actually, and he said that his his trick with himself is to like once a day or something he has to go downstairs and put on his runners. And like he and stand in front of the house, I think he has to go outside. But and then he doesn't have to run. But like obviously, once you do the two seconds of setup, you just go and do it. No, yeah, I'd like to get. I'm, yeah, it's a tough one because I don't feel like as strong of a conviction towards doing it right now, especially in the winter. <laughs> well, when you started running initially, were you trying to get to a point where you could do a particular marathon or something? Like, was there there was a goal, wasn't there? Yeah, that was the thing. Like, I had this. Like, it was. Like, yeah, years ago, the first time I started running was, like, to do a marathon, which, and then when I did the marathon, then I stopped, basically just stopped running then and didn't for a long time. Last year, or not even still this year, I guess, but in Sarajevo, when I started running again, it was more just out of a sense of, like, I am not leading a very healthy life. I need to start doing some healthier things. Um, So maybe I'd need to pick something Maybe I'm not sure if it should be a marathon or if that's too big for me right now. But um, yeah, maybe I need to like pick a goal like somewhere during the year and like work towards that. So that yeah, I seem to work better when there's like a or I seem to 
stay motivated better when there's like a specific target that I'm aiming for. So that could be good. Yeah, one thing I was thinking after the whole Trump thing, which I view as a bad thing that Trump was elected, um, is that we're going to get a one-star review again. Yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> Damn it. I'm totally neutral. <laughs> um, anyway, I was thinking basically I should join a political party or like try to get involved with politics in some way. Because I, as I've probably mentioned before, I moved to Canada from Ireland um, and I became a citizen last year. Um, and yeah, now I so now I can vote and I feel like I should try to be more involved with what's going on around me. Are you going to run for office? <laughs> um, no, Jesus. <laughs> like that to me, that means like that's like just doing support for Castro. <laughs> like the job would be to like listen to everyone complain about things and then help them in some tiny way that they would usually see as inconsequential. <laughs> um, Actually, I think I, now that I think about it, maybe that's like, well, OK, I was joking when I said it, but Obviously, there's a lot more that you can do without, you know, if somebody says, like, if somebody wants to, like, an argument against somebody, like, they kind of make it sound like, oh, well, like, would you do it better? Or, like, you have to, like, have, like, the complete solution to, like, voice any opposition to anything. Like, oh, well, do you want to run the country? Uh, no, but there's other things I can do to help. Yeah, you can, like, it's that thing of you can't be a movie critic without, like... So what have you made? Yeah, you see it sometimes when like, yeah, you you've made no movies. So actually Waterworld is a really good movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think you can still get involved and like I like the idea of being yeah, of doing something even if it's like just packing envelopes or something like that. The overall point about the resolution is I kind of feel like it's a massive privilege to be able to just ignore all the political stuff that goes on around you. Yeah, I don't come into contact with needing the government to do things for me very often. It's pretty good here, so I can just completely ignore it and everything will probably be mostly fine for me. Um, so it feels like a way to, uh, I don't know, we, we wondered at some point on a previous episode what you do when you have immense privilege in order, like, in order to still be allowed to be a good person and not just have to feel guilty. So I feel like this is something I could do that would be um, possibly productive. That's good. Yeah, no, I think a lot of people lately are asking themselves what they should do individually or what people should be doing as groups. Um, so and I think it's good that you have that as an idea for something to do next year, I think. Yeah, I don't think I've ever carried out a resolution properly, so we'll see what actually happens, but that's the idea anyway. Well, we're going to follow up on these. I'm going to, yeah, I know. I'm going to be ch check these off on future episodes. <laughs> Aside from also learning Swift, which I've just added to the list, the other thing I have on my list here is to take an official vacation at some stage and travel to a city or country, I don't know, but just to see the place for a bit instead of as a new base. That was a very long resolution, but there's a lot wrapped up in that because I guess I have traveled a lot this year, but it's always been like f for a few months at a time going to a city and then working from there um and sometimes I feel like it's like I'm wrapped up in pretty much the same schedule, at least each place I go. Um, so I like the idea of like taking an actual holiday at some stage and doing a little bit like even like just by myself. I mean, like just to go to another city or country like for a week or two or whatever, but like just as a, OK, just do this as travel, not as like, OK, go live somewhere else. Um 
So I definitely would like to try and do that at some stage during the year. We're, we're really challenging ourselves today. <laughs> yeah. Exercise and take a holiday. I mean, some, I don't know. Shouldn't I be able to do these things quite easily? <laughs> I think it wouldn't be that difficult. But yeah, no, I, I don't expect any of us to do these things. <laughs> um, I'm taking a damn holiday, man. Okay. Okay, fine. <laughs> I think that's about it for the, the New Year's resolutions. Yeah, I think that does it. Let's, let's see if I can come up with anything else in the next couple of days. We follow up on them. But um, that's what I got to today. Yeah, well, no, that's good. Well, thanks for listening. Um, please review the show on the iTunes store. And thanks so much to our sponsors. Um, go download Jort and go hire Steam Clock to build your app. Uh, I'm Oshin, uh, Prendio2 on Twitter. That's P-R-E-N-D-I-O-2. Uh, I'm Podrick, and my account is now unlocked, so you can just follow me if you want. Um, it's P-A-D-P-A-D-R-A-I-G. You should totally follow that guy. This is totally related to the podcast, so if you want to edit this out, you can. We've read out reviews in the past. I don't have a new super top review handy, but I saw this tweet the other day that I think is one of the best App Store reviews like that ever has existed. Oh, yeah? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it out just for kicks. So it's a review. Uh, Mike Rundle, Flyosity on Twitter, um, tweeted this link to an app called the Eurotrain Simulator. And the review says, best train sim around. It's written by And the review says, this has to be one of the best free train sims for iOS. Nice and easy to use. However, it would be nice to include more trains. And IDEC, I think that means IDK. I don't know. I am so smashed in the middle of a nightclub. I don't even know why I'm writing this. I lost my mates and I'm pretending to be texting when I'm actually on the verge of passing out, LOL. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if more if App Store reviews were like that, I'd more App Store reviews were like that, I'd read them a lot more often. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty solid. How many stars did he get? Four stars. Four stars. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure what you have to do to get five stars in a nightclub when you're on the verge of passing out. (laughs) Okay. Thanks for listening, guys. (laughs) Happy New Year. Happy New Year.